0: Enter a nexus of science, violence, and nonsense, where fake news, pseudoscience, and weaponized stupidity meet full contact fact-checking and peer-reviewed ass kicking. And as always, no bullshit allowed. Recorded live at Miller headquarters in Austin, Texas. This is the Art of Fighting BS podcast. Brain chefs in the trip. Chocolate lines up planetarily I am sure it's on some nine. planet your style is quite impressive. But oh, this
1: the is Earth. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the very next episode of the official Art of Fighting BS Podcast. Recorded live at Bullshito headquarters, deep in the heart of Texas. I am your subcompetent host, Sub-Messenger. This episode starring Frost and our special guest, longtime forum member and truly a paragon of the martial arts community, Sambo Steve
0: Kofer. So um I we we talked on the phone last week. Uh and uh I actually yeah. that, I normally I that's the longest conversation I've had in like 6 months cuz I'm not a phone guy, which is odd cuz I do this shit now. So uh but um
2: and, and and I and I am basically I'm good with the verbal diarrhea. I'll just keep talking <laughs> if you let me. So
0: well, perfect. Good, a, that's perfectly suited to this 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 okay. medium. So, uh, I mean, yeah, basically, I would like to kind of go over some of that stuff because that that's a uh, that's a lot of good information for people that are just you know uh, on our end of things, especially that aren't in New York. We uh we touched on what's going on up there. Uh, so yeah. um, let let's real quick for those that have no idea who you are because we've already told. The, our groups and stuff that, that this is going to be a thing. So they're like, Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that guy. But, um, but you know, give, give us a little overview of your CV, that, that kind of thing.
2: Uh, all right. So real quickly, I'm a Sambo coach. I've been running New York combat Sambo since 2003, but I'm a lifelong martial artist. And, um, you know, with background, I have a showdown in judo as well as my Sambo background. And then, uh, Black belt in Taekwondo from when I was younger, and then, you know, Sh- Shotokan, and I also fought back in the day Sancho, and uh, so me and uh, me and me and Mike have a similar background, like Sancho Sambo.
0: Yeah,
1: but
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, so any, and we have the same birthday, ironically, which is crazy. <laughs>
1: really that's that's yeah,
2: crazy. like same yeah, year.
1: Both, um.
2: No, I think I think maybe I'm a year ahead of him, but definitely the same day for sure. Oh, okay. Well, like, that,
1: it, still, that's like 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 crazy and uh ha- blah, 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 random happenstance, you know? Like yeah, it's, it's, like, how
2: does that happen? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Like kung fu turned sambo guys born on the same day, very strange. But anyway, yeah. So that's a bit about my martial art background. Lifelong martial artist, and since. Since 99, it's been Sambo, and then since 2003, I've owned a a club. And then, um, you know, probably starting 2007, I started uh, getting involved in television uh, as a technical advisor for martial arts, and then, um, you know, worked on a few shows as an advisor, and then in 2014, got the opportunity to start working my way into the stunt business, and uh, so now my gym now, you know, since 2014, I've gotten into Screen Actors Guild. So I'm I'm uh, working in the in the stunt industry, at least when we're working, because right now we're not really. But uh, and then um, well, actually, I had a job. I had a job Monday, first one in nine months. And then uh, I'm actually booked on a job Friday and Saturday to do. So that's pretty cool. Things are starting to, to start up a little bit. So anyway, that- there's there's a. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You know, we'll see how it, how it lasts, but um, it was great. to I, I shot a fight scene on Monday, so that was pretty good, and uh, my body's feeling it today because it's been like nine months since I had to fight for six hours straight, you know. But.
1: So I've been uh, messing around with the tech stuff over here on the back end. Did we uh, say the W uh, word yet?
0: W. The W? What, the what word? <laughs>
1: The uh, the John Wick, oh Wick, yeah, no, we
2: didn't yet. No, we did not.
1: Okay, no, so was... le- let's cover that because um, sure. you know that 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 definitely speaks a lot to where uh, you stand currently in the industry, and uh, you know there there are some exciting things on the horizon. It seems.
2: Yeah. So to be honest, like so, John Wick. I mean I really have Sambo to thank for for all of this you know like Sambo I mean I have Sambo to thank for so much of what's happened in my life to begin with but specifically the television and film industry because that Sambo is what got me in I mean I've always had an interest in it I even went to when I was a kid I even went to camp for film school you know for filmmaking and stuff I mean it's been something I always wanted to do but it's really Sambo that opened the door for me and um So that's what got me in in touch with the 8711 guys, you know. So uh, John Wick 1, when John Wick 1 was being made, nobody knew what it was. I didn't know what it was. And then um, a bunch of guys show up to my gym. So this is in like – this is like seven years ago. um, Looking for Russians to play bad guys in this movie, you know. And um, so I – Hooked him up with Vlad Kulikov, who actually got cast in the first John Wick. So if you if you're watching the first John Wick, the guy in the scene where with the priests where they put the plastic bag over John Wick's head and Damn. then um Willem Defoe snipes one of the Russian baddies. Like that's actually Vlad getting sniped. <laughs> and then um, So that was, that was about the extent of it. Like, and I I didn't know much else about these guys. They weren't really on my radar. I wasn't really thinking about stunts as a thing. Um, And then when it came time for John Wick 2, um, the director, Chad Stahelski, called me up and he was like, hey, you know, would you want to come in and... um, work with our guys a little bit and show them some Sambo specific kind of throws and things like that. Cause like we, I mean, they knew in John Wick two, what everybody learned in John Wick three was that they were going to eventually reveal that that Wick was a Sambo guy. So, um, I went in for a day and, um, it was a lot of fun, man. I mean, I sat with him for a while. He interviewed me. And then, uh, I got to work with JJ Perry, who was the stunt coordinator and um so we spent a couple hours of me just throwing um this guy around his name's Eric he's actually a black belt under uh, Paulson and he's a really talented um a really talented stunt guy so he's my uke and they basically were like um were just spitballing things for me okay well what kind of throws could you do if he had a gun in this hand or what kind of throws could you do if this was going on or they might have a throw in mind you know they might because they because basically they know that like Keanu can basically do four or five throws really well and they have to build choreography around what he can do. Yeah. So they might say like, well, he can do a Toshi really good, but can you show us a sort of a, a version where maybe his this arm is incapac- incapacitated or or maybe he got, you know, whatever. They'd just throw We did this for like 3 hours, <laughs> you know. Damn. And then and then I was done. And then uh, but what was really cool was, uh, and this was all for free, you know, this was just like, I was non-union, basically just like, do you feel like helping us? And I'm like, who would say no to that? You know I mean? Not
1: get paid, no so, SAG card.
2: No, no, it
1: was just total
2: networking experience, you know, getting in the room with the right people. And um, so after we did that, JJ said that I should feel free to come back to rehearsals and hang out and learn, you know? So I went back a bunch of times after that, like I think three times. Um, You know, got I watched the very beginning rehearsal with um, Keanu, the pencil fight scene. I saw some stuff with pencil fighting and saw how they were starting to break it down. And and JJ gave me like a really cool like three day internship, just how they uh, create the choreography, how they. um, I mean, to give you an idea, like so for people listening, like a previz. Is a um, it's basically like a video storyboard, right? So you shoot a previs. It's like uh, it's the whole choreography with um, edited with some basic After Effects and post production audio and stuff. Nothing too crazy, but to give the directors and producers an idea of what you're thinking regarding the fight. So I had done that day with them, and then I was going out to Colorado Springs Judo to teach a seminar that week so jj was like well come back next week when you're back in new york and we'll show you what we've done so a week later i come back and they literally had 30 fights choreographed shot and edited with post-production sound and, and video and special effects and stuff like in a week they did 30 fights i mean these guys are super badass And then those 30 fights will go to the director and then he'll pick like the 15 or so that he likes. And then those are the ones that they have to start teaching Keanu, you know. And then, of course, when you get on set, the fights always change also based on location and what's going on, you know, there. But um, so anyway, I got to hang out for the beginning rehearsals and, and see how they do things. And it was really, really great experience. It built me a little bit of cred in the New York stunt community. And then, uh, by the time three came around, I was union and they were going to do that big Sambo training scene. They were going to do the reveal that Keanu was, I mean, that, uh, Wick was a Sambo guy. And, uh, so I worked about two months on, on that, not even doing stunts. My, my job on that was, I I held two casting calls. I worked with the stunt coordinators. We did all the casting calls at New York combat Sambo, because I know all the Russian coaches and Eastern European coaches. So we did all the the auditions at my gym. I worked with the casting directors, I worked with wardrobe to make sure that everything was authentic. Mm-hmm. I provided them lots of video reference of like actual gyms in Eastern Europe and Russia and stuff. And um and then I played a coach in the scene. And um then finally that day I'm sitting in um sitting in holding, you know, and I hear on the walkie-talkie I hear Chad's voice like I need Sambo Steve out here. I need Sambo Steve <laughs> on, on set. So I go out on set and then he basically introduces me to the director of photography, um, Dan Lauston, who's the guy who did um, Shape of Water. Oh, my God. That guy is amazing. And then um, he's like Oscar nominated you know, cinematographer. Yeah. And then um, they broke down what they were going to do in the scene. And then we had like, you know, 20. 20 uh, Sambo kids of different ages and they broke down exactly how the scene was going to work out. You know, Angelica Houston's going to come in here. They're going to stop here. They're going to watch everybody training. And then um, they had the Collier brothers come in to do the the big throws in the middle. And then um, you had the two guys doing grappling on either side of them and a bunch of kids drilling in the background. So Chad literally grabbed the PA and introduced me to the PA and, and just told me to, Make it happen. Like everything that was happening in that scene, he just told me to do it. So Shit. it was a complete big um trust dude, like big it. trust thing. A lot of pressure. But it was cool. It was cool. I like that yeah. they
0: call you Sambo Steve, you know, in in real life, because we've known you for years because on the forums. We
2: call you Steve. <laughs> it's like everybody. Know. <laughs> you know Dude, it's so funny. Like I can't escape that name. That that came about originally like way back in the day when I was creating an account on the uh on the underground and um my friend bruce i was just sitting there I was like i don't know what to call we, we, myself wishing
1: we should not talk about that place but
0: whatever is that still but, just,
1: <laughs> it's i don't know i i don't as you
2: know i haven't been on i don't go on forums anymore really. yeah but but anyway that's how the name came about was to create my first like early internet days for you know account so and it's stuck you know so it's cool So yeah, that's how the
1: whole Wick thing
2: happened. That's pretty. So uh,
1: so this is really cool, and I want to back up just a little bit because we were talking, uh, or you specifically, were talking about, uh, and and I think this is too when they do the whole reveal with kids and everything, um, Mm -hmm. you know, showing that you know this is the discipline uh, from which Wick has been born, right? Right. 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 So, um, you know, like the, the interesting part of that for me is, um, well, I guess, I, I guess there's a couple of pieces now that I'm thinking about it. So number one, it, it, like, I know, like, we don't want to make this entire episode about just like Sambo and like how, oh, sure yeah. Right. But Like, who even knew who Sambo, what Sambo was up until that point? You know, like, it was a very elite community of basically us that knew what Sambo was, right?
2: I first started Sambo. I mean, definitely now is a whole different world than like 20 years ago, 20 plus years ago, like when really nobody knew. You know what I mean? Now it's sort of in the consciousness of, Martial artists, grapplers. I mean, it's still not widespread by any means. It's like, it's still hard to find, like, all that kind of stuff. But it's definitely a known thing now. You know what I mean? And, um, but what was cool about the the reveal in WIC3 was that it was, like, to my knowledge, like, not counting Russian movies, of course, but to my knowledge, for an American production, it was the first really big showcasing of, sambo as a as a style that exists in the world, you know. So that was pretty huge. That was pretty huge.
0: Yeah, and that's the way hell of a way to come out, you know, cuz what was it? Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu's first real movie appearance was uh Lethal Weapon, right? Um that was uh, Mel Gibson. Uh, yeah, 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 Mel, definitely.
1: Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. But, I mean,
0: Mel Gibson's character was never even on the level of a badass that they John Wick is built up to be. So, it's it's kind of I mean
1: I think he kind of was but I don't nah. think he actually said Brazilian jiu-jitsu did he? I, I mean well it was it was, uh,
0: it was what's his name Gracie uh damn it the the one that supposedly Oh yeah yeah, yeah. no, that, yeah. no. So Gracie was definitely
1: a technical advisor uh, but I don't think that um I don't think that in the dialogue that Mel Gibson actually called it out as Oh yeah they might not have mentioned Brazilian. it
0: cuz that was like 88 89 right that was way before Right UFC won, and then well so the first Sambo guy in the UFC, right? That was uh was that Oleg?
2: Yeah, Oleg. T- well, actually not really. It's actually Free Kamiker. But he didn't make it to the to the Free Kamiker was in UFC 2. He was a Dutch guy, Dutch Sambo guy. Okay. And um he won his preliminary match, his preliminary fight but got injured and couldn't move on to the to the main televised one. Um, yeah. But it, if you look on YouTube or if you have the VHS like I do <laughs> you, that you recorded yourself yep. when you were, you know, you can see remember they would do like the the little style breakdowns?
0: Yeah. Like
2: this is karate, <laughs> this is sambo and you can see him doing it. You know what I mean? Okay. You can see the sambo description. But he didn't make it to the televised UFC, but technically he's the first sambo guy in UFC. Okay. But the first one that everybody else saw that and and won, of course, is Oleg Taktarov, yeah.
0: Yeah. That dude was a beast at the time. Yeah. And but then to now, be fair,
2: you know, what? I mean, I always make this distinction for people like regarding Wick. His character is a Sambo guy, but what he does is entirely a mix of tons of different things. You know what I mean? Like, the choreography is not Sambo. It's just whatever looks good.
0: Yeah, and it, it's like, 80% they, guns, yeah. too. So that's, you know...
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, um... You know, I think that what they I think what they've done is really give it a certain kind of flair, you know, what they call gunfu. Yeah. But that flair is a very Sambo feeling flair. You know, and I mean, it's very similar to I remember when I worked and walked into my coach, Alex Barkov's club for the first time. And, you know, I was just coming from Sancho. And um, I saw all these things like rolling knee bars and flying arm bars and scissor takedowns. And it just blew my mind. I had never seen anything so acrobatic. And I feel like a lot of viewers had that same feeling when they saw the first wick movies, you know, when they saw the first wick and they were like, holy cow, like I've never seen fighting like that. That's how I felt when I walked into my first Sambo class, you know, even though like Hollywood, you know, I mean, eighty-seven, eleven, they, juiced it up so much for Hollywood, but it still has that same kind of feeling for me, even if they're doing some aikijitsu and some Judo and some Sambo and some BJJ and just throwing in, you know, tactical work and everything else. They're just, it just feels like Sambo to me. Yeah. You know, so they were successful with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those, those movies are great. So, um, we, we, um, I, I want to get back to this cause we had this in when we talked on the phone, but what the hell is going on in New York city right now?
2: <laughs> on, uh, on what front? Like on what front? All of like them. We, Zombie
0: apocalypse? Yeah, or? I mean... I'm co- preparing
2: for the Civil War, bro. That's, that's what I'm preparing for. Yeah. No, seriously, it's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, listen, it, my gym is in midtown Manhattan, right? And Manhattan right now, last statistic I read, only 8% of the workforce that left has come back, right? So it's it's still pretty empty, you know, and, and, uh, you know, there's all these factors affecting the city that are, that are conjoining to create this disaster in the making that I don't even think we've seen the worst of it. Like, you know, for, it'll be a while before we see the worst of it. But I mean, you've got the highest number of residential vacancies in the city that that's been recorded since they've been recording it for like 25 years. Mm. Right. At the same time, you've got all these people leaving. Then you've got all these people out of work, right? Then on top of that, you've got um, tons of homeless on the street. It's actually really sad because the shelters had to kick so many people out because they can't crowd them in, pack them in like they used to because of COVID, right? So now you've got all these hotels being rented by the city to become shelters, right? So now you've got all these homeless people getting kicked off the trains, going in to live in these hotels and stuff, and then with nowhere, you know, you can't stay in the shelter all day. So, they, you know, in theory, they're supposed to be out, you know, looking for jobs and doing whatever, but <laughs> everything's closed. But there's nothing there. Like public bathrooms are closed. You're not allowed on the trains, you know. So you're getting like these – Um, it, it, some parts of the city remind me very much of the West Coast with like, you know, tent cities and stuff.
0: Shit. And then,
2: um, then you've got like, you know, in a, a, noticeably different level of the amount of mentally ill people on the street, uh, homeless, mentally ill, because the psyche Rs, just like the shelters and just like everything else have to cut their numbers, you know? So like, let's say you had a 20 bed psyche R, but now you can only take 10. Because you have to keep them distanced, right? So now they're only taking the most critical psych cases. Uh. So you've got added, unmanaged, mentally ill on the streets. Then you've got the bail reform, right? And then you've got the prisons letting people out early, you know? So this is all becoming, like, like the guy that just derailed, I don't know if you guys, you know, that are not in New York are aware of this, this guy, this mentally ill homeless guy just derailed a subway downtown by Union Square.
0: Was that today? He yeah. found
2: some yeah, and um uh, so like he basically found in an MTA
1: Production material and yeah. Yeah.
2: And put it on the tracks and do de- and then just sat there laughing about it. Like it was like literally the headline in the daily news was like out of the early the beginning phases of Gotham City. The headline said laughing saboteur derails train you know it's like laughing that's
1: the daily news though like that is no but but, um part yeah i know it's like that's everything that they do right so and it's
2: sensationalized i get it but what i'm saying is the fact that the culture it's like it's in the culture now like we've got crazy laughing people derailing trains yeah but the thing is like this guy was arrested three weeks ago for smashing the windows of subway cars and let go let back on the street because of jail reform and overcrowding in the jails and all the other stuff, you know? So, yeah.
0: And not to mention the cops are pissed off at everybody because, you know, I yeah. mean, the good ones are getting lumped yeah. in with the bad and, you know, yeah. Yep. So, <sighs> I,
1: well, so yeah, I mean, the cops is a whole different situation. We're talking about, you know, what in, in today's current environment, when we're talking about, you know, the problems that we have with our civil police force, um the two biggest civil police forces that exist are New York City and uh Los Angeles County. Yeah. Yeah, we've right? got 35,000 cops. Is it exactly. like the second so, or the fifth largest like, army are, in the
0: world or something technically?
1: Exactly. Like Los Angeles County is larger than like like 30% of all countries on the planet.
0: And well, no, I'm talking about like military-wise. If the cops and, and so, in New York City and, were a military unit, would oh be... yeah,
1: yeah. So and th- so, my point there is that like uh, that like NYPD is only slightly smaller than that. So we're we're talking about a force of people that are supposed to be enforcing laws that the the, the number of people on the force actually. Is bigger than many countries. I don't know. We're maybe getting
2: yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, it, this is all just to say that things are getting pretty crazy here, right? So it's like, um, and you know, uh, t- it's just going to get worse after the election. I'm sure it will get worse, no matter how the election <sighs> turns out. I don't really see good scenarios coming out of this election, and then the uh, once the I mean, I'm really afraid what's gonna happen when the moratorium on evictions is lifted. Mm-hmm. You know. Because there are literally people here that as soon as that's lifted, they're they're out on the streets. And there's a lot of people, you know. Um and the city's just not gonna fill up like it used to. Like even the workforce, you know, so eight percent of the workforce has come back. A bunch of the others have left the city and a bunch of the others have been told and their companies have realized, well, we don't really need you in the office. You're just as productive at home, you know, working yeah. remotely. So so you've got less of your rank-and-file residential working-class people in the city, but you've got more other people on the street, less preferable people on the street. And uh, so it's, you know, it's crazy. Like uh, I was telling when we were talking – frost and i were talking on the phone the other day it was like you know my i basically am only teaching private and semi-private classes distanced you know so they're very small and like most martial arts schools so like a lot of my people are recreational you know but it becomes pretty pretty crazy out here at night like um so i don't want to have classes very late into the evening hours at my gym because i just don't want my students traveling into the city at that time you know so that alone is affecting my business, you know. Um, it's, it's it's crazy, you know. I mean, I'm 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 glad that I'm still open and surviving, you know. There's a lot of gyms that didn't, or that closed, you know, uh, smartly. So probably, why pay rent for for a place you're not using?
0: Yeah.
2: I was lucky. I had a I had a good landlord that that really helped me out with that. But not a lot of people had that, you know.
0: Do you know if well, some of your schools are dealing with that? They have like lease. <laughs> they can get out of leases because of this. Cause I have no idea how that storefront thing works. Uh, and the era of COVID. Some of them,
2: well, I, you know, I don't know. Like my, my landlord was very, very cool. Um, I know other people that got out of their leases that were due to renew during this time. So they had that moment, you know, they're like, screw this. I'm not renewing me, my lease now. Yeah. And then, uh, I know other people that, just broke the lease. And I think the landlords probably aren't going to complain about it because it's, they're not getting their money anyway, you know? So they'd rather just have a vacant place where they can take advantage with tax. You know, like if you, if you have vacant space, there's tax advantages for you. So, um, I think, uh, like I know somebody who left their apartment before the lease was up and basically said to the landlord, listen, we've been paying you this whole time. Whereas other people have been screwing their landlords. Yeah. Um, let us out of the lease. And the guy was like, yeah, no problem, dude. Wow. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, you hear about the evictions and that that's kind of hanging over everybody's head. But, man, that's a whole different side of it. If you can get out responsibly to just be let out of a lease because some people, whew, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So on that side, there's like now the consolidation of property, which is a whole different thing that we haven't even begun to really talk about yet. Right.
2: Uh, well, if I had the means, I mean, my, my landlord at uh, where the, where the club is asked me if I wanted a bigger space because, you know, people have left the building and, and the people that are staying are moving around. So the, the space, Directly adjacent to MySpace is going to be vacant um, after the end of the year or close to the end of the year. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not taking on, I'm not doubling my size right now. <laughs> are you no. kidding me? But there, <laughs> yeah, exactly. but there, but but there are people who could afford to do that, you know, and probably negotiate really good rates, you know. So it's like. Right.
1: Well, I so, I mean, like, if you had, if you had the, like, pocket cash to be able to invest in that sort of thing, kind of. Sure. Not but, like, but I mean, not you... like you're going to open up a business and make it bigger, but, you know, uh, obviously there is some consolidation going on because people are uh, in exodus mode. Yeah yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, do you think people and, are going to yeah. flood back into the city after this, or is it going to be a trickle, or, I mean, is New York just broken?
2: No, I don't buy that. No, New York is. Come on, we've we've from from the birth of New York City, we've been under fire. I mean, that's it. You know, it's like British. You know, you can start all the way back from the Dutch to the British. Like people have been trampling through New York City, and New York City has been up and down since New York City started, since it was New Amsterdam. You know. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I it's just in the DNA of the city. Yeah. I mean, the city's not going to go anywhere. I'm not saying it's going to be wonderful. I mean, look what happened to places like Detroit and and other when you know when industry left. Uh-huh. I'm sure New York is going to have easy, easy like five to ten years, like a decade of really rough times coming up economically. Yeah, but but yeah, so going to come back, of course. The,
1: my contribution on that and is that uh, you know Frost. Should know better because we literally sing songs.
0: Oh, are you talking about Hamilton? Is this a Hamilton <laughs> reference? I mean, it's not like we're we're sitting there singing songs together. Let's let's get that straight. We'll we'll bring up lyrics in the freaking Discord once in a while, but it, we're not like holding hands and like doing show oh tunes. Cut, t- I want to see, see you doing some Hamilton,
2: dude. man. I want to see Frost dude, doing Hamilton. Dude, we oh, should. God. We, oh god. Oh no, that would be. Oh no, yeah. I have a. I almost have a no, reputation. You, you, gotta, you two need to do the whole the whole uh, number where they're counting down the rules of a duel. That's what yeah, you guys need to
1: do. It's
0: the ten duel commandments. Yeah. Number, I, yeah, number nine. Yeah yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, actually, I wanted to go back to something we mentioned earlier, or that you mentioned earlier, was that I I think it was on Wick two, maybe it was on Wick three, but they went uh and made like thirty different scenes as oh, yeah, like yeah. demo reel kind of stuff yeah. and then you pick the fifteen. So yeah. I like I want I want to know more about that because that is really interesting to me that like, hey, you know, here's the stuff that we did and here's the stuff that we picked. And uh so so I,
2: like, I wasn't really a big part of that process for Wick. I've been part of that process for other productions, which I can tell you about. But it's like, I mean, I remember, I mean, you have to remember, like, J.J. Perry and Chess Tehelski and all those guys at A711 are very high-level martial artists, you know? Yeah. I mean, most people don't know this, but if you go to, um, if you go over to Eric Paulson's gym, um... And you look on the walls of all his old pictures when he was in Japan fighting Shudo and stuff. His roommate fighting in Japan was Chad Stahelski, the director of John Wick. Like, he's a legit fighter, you know? Him and David Leach and all those guys, they're all tied in together, you know, in Eric Balson. And uh, they're all tied in back to the early days of that time when, when, uh, like, that really cool time, you know, when, like, sort of MMA-style stuff was starting to come up with, like, Shudo and everything. So, like, so Chad's, like, a legit, legit fucking martial artist, man. When you take his class, like, he, you know, and this is the other cool thing. Like, if you're invited to go train at 8711, Chad himself still, as big and famous as he is now, he still teaches three classes every morning. Like, three classes a week every morning if he's yeah. not away on a film they'll be exhausted and come in and still teach a two-hour class that they call, like, the judo class, which is really, more appropriate name would probably be, like, the jacket-throwing-grappling-fun-stuff class, you know, (laughs) because it's not just judo. It's just, like, whatever. It's, like, fight choreography class, kind of. But it's a hard-ass class. And then if you're really lucky, like, I was lucky enough to be invited to train with Chad, like, to come to his personal morning workout like, it's usually, like, from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. or something like that. And, uh like, one morning, it was just me, Chad, and Daniel Bernhardt. It was, like, how cool is that? I'm, like, sitting here. And these guys work out so hard, bro. And it's, like, you know, and then right after that is Chad's class, and then right after that is a BJJ class. And then after six hours, you're exhausted. And I'm, like, I'm done. I'll see you later, guys. <laughs> and all those young bucks that are – still there are like all right open mat time let's go (laughs) oh my god you guys (laughs) insane i mean yep but the but the way the fight stuff works i mean that's just to say that these guys really know what they're doing so like i remember my very when i was in the office being interviewed by chad uh for wick two he's on the phone with jj perry on a different floor of the building just calling out techniques he's like in my mind they're doing they're doing take a rooma to this, to that. And he's just going, bah, 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 bah. they're doing all this. He goes, throw the, make sure you throw, you know, uh Sumagaishi in there after the, you know, like whatever. And he's just throwing the shit out of his head. Like it's all in his head. It's amazing. Yeah. And then, um, you know, JJ's on the other floor, like building the choreography with the guys, you know? Um, so like my, the closest experience that I have, because I, I was not part of that experience with Wick. I just got to watch it, which was really cool. Like to watch the very beginning phase of it. Yeah. Um the, because the day that I came back after we shot all the throws with me was like Keanu's first day in rehearsal, right? So like I was there at the very very beginning. And then then I didn't see anything until the um I got I was invited to the wrap party to see the the film like the uh for cast and crew like to the cast and crew premiere rather that's cool and i was like holy shit is amazing you know but um like with ray donovan for example like i I worked all of season six on ray donovan as eddie marson's double and there were like a lot for anybody who watches that there was like a lot of underground bare knuckle fights in that season and um so basically, the process, kind of, at least with with uh, Doc Duham, who is the stunt coordinator for Ray Donovan six season six and seven, um, the way it worked with him anyway was, you know, unlike TV is very different than movies. By the way, movies you have tons of rehearsal time. TV is very fast. You know, you're lucky if you get rehearsal time. So, like with Ray Donovan, we got. Um, like two rehearsal days per fight, which is pretty good, which is actually really generous in, in television land. Like um, the the bar fight scene in, in season six of Ray Donovan, it was like a, a four-on-three bar fight. We did that. We, we, the whole stunt crew shows up two hours pre-call before everybody else. And it, with the stunt coordinator, we choreographed the fight right there. And then you show the director what you did for the last two hours and they yay or nay it or make some changes. And then you sit around for another 12 hours till they finish doing all the dramatic stuff. And then on hour 16, you're like, all right, now we got to record the fight. <laughs> you're exhausted. Cause you've been sitting around all day. Mm-hmm. So sometimes TV there's, you just are doing it on the spot, you know, but for the bare knuckle fights, we had like two days of rehearsal. So like basically, we would get the pages of script that would give us something to go on. You know, like Doc would send us the sides, it's called. we read that, and then we come in for first day rehearsal. Usually first day rehearsal would be, like, myself, the antagonist, stunt performer, and Doc. And Doc would have an idea of what he used for this fight, right, based on the script and, and, and his own um, creativity and stuff. And then um, he... Uh, the Like, for example, the first one we worked on, like Tim Lechik was the, the bad guy. So, if guys, people don't know him. D1 wrestler, early UFC days. I mean, he's like a real fighter, right? So, he had some really great input regarding doing bare-knuckle fights, you know? And then so, we would literally sit in the rehearsal room looking at bare-knuckle fights on the laptop, you know? And then we'd come up with the fight and rehearse it and record it. And then, like, so a very rudimentary type of previs, right? That gets sent to production. They say, yes, we like it. No, we don't like it. Then the second rehearsal, um, the actor comes, in this case, Eddie Marson, and we teach him the fight. And then the third day is the actual day. You know, So in the beginning, we didn't know. Like, the, the life of a stunt double is oftentimes more of this kind of stuff than being actually on film, especially if you have an actor that can perform. So like my bigger role was helping teach him the fights and, um, you know, helping doc with whatever he needed with the choreography and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we did that over and over again. That was pretty much the, the system. You, you read the script, get together on the first day, create the fight then second day, Teach the actor the fight, and then the third day is on set.
0: Yeah, and you've also worked with MCU stuff too. Like, uh, was it was it on Punisher or, or was it a dare, Daredevil one? I forget.
2: Um, yeah, I was I was a cop in Punisher. I mean, <laughs> just was. I was basically just I was just like nothing fancy, just like uh, a day player, you know, like yeah. running around with a gun. Well,
0: that's still chasing, pretty cool. I, I think I remember there. seeing a screenshot of something from there. I was like, ah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, they, I had,
2: I actually had dialogue with uh, John Bernthal, but they cut it out. So. Oh,
0: fuck. you yeah, can't get a hold of that, that, that tape because cool. the that, that, yeah, that'd be cool.
2: Never, no, Go ahead. yeah, I know that would be cool. That's
0: not how that works, but still, uh, I was
2: nervous as shit. Though that was only my second job ever.
0: Oh know? wow, okay. Yeah, uh. it was
2: it was not a scripted dialogue. It's improv. They're like, just do cop stuff. You know, tell him to get down, put his hands up. Like, just improv stuff. Just don't drop the f bomb. You know. Ah, yeah,
0: Netflix. But yeah, so uh, it seems like they're trying to. I mean, we we grew up, we we went through the '80s where everything was a damn action movie, and everybody knew martial arts of some sort, and you know Jean Claude Van Damme and that crap. But in the era of the UFC, it seems like there for a while there really weren't a lot of straight like fighting based movies until was John wick. Really? You think that was like a spearhead of the revival or that, that John thing? wick?
1: Really? Um, that, that I, mean, I haven't paid attention.
0: I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, there's. I, I,
2: I think, uh, I, I think probably the, um, the, uh, Oh, what's his name? Geez is pre John wick. Um, the brain guy. fart. No, no, no. Um, Matt
1: Damon, Matt, come on, oh Matt oh yeah yeah the born movies oh yeah yeah no the Bourne movies were great yeah um, yeah they i'm going before then like i'm talking about like uh 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 fat russian lover what? guy steven uh, oh Segal.
0: no 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 because he, yeah, he's, he's been making Scott. shit because yeah he's because been making garbage like,
1: that was like his entire repertoire was making up like martial arts movies that had no bearing on reality yeah
0: but i mean i'm talking about actually good <laughs> movies you know and because there's was, action was either like superhero right. shit for well, a minute good or whatever
1: is subjective
0: no 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 what i'm saying is not <laughs> like a a list movies not like b d f you know or r movies like seagal's crap like uh the born uh whatever born Multiplicity, whatever no, the you Bor- want to call uh, it, yeah. The Bo- but the those guys. that was like a Screamer or Kali really nice. or something. That was uh, a. Yeah, I mean, but more yeah. of a martial arts focused film, and it didn't seem like it, there was like a, a a lull in them until you know the the Wick series, yeah. and I I would like to see more of it because now we you know, know what no, fighting like, is supposed would, to look like. You know.
1: So I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, so here, like this is the weird part. So like I wouldn't consider the Bourne movies to be martial arts movies. There's a lot they of hand just hand movies out. that you know, like oh yeah, he could also kick some ass, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The same goes for like Bond or like you know any oh, anything no. in that genre. Yeah, definitely, <laughs>
0: definitely.
1: James
2: Bond. Um, I don't know. There's you know, it, it. I think Wick definitely was like sort of a a genre changer, you know, for sure. Like in the same way that. Um, matrix was you know like it definitely created a uh, created a uh, a shift in the in the in the culture of screen fighting for sure
0: yeah i mean i guess that was the point i was getting at is like now like t- even 20 years ago 10 years ago as much people really didn't know what fighting the new movie fighting but because of the ufc because of mma in general they know, they have a, a vague idea what real fight looks like between two people that know what the hell they're doing. Sans weapons, of course, and with gloves. But, uh, so, that, now that we know that, and we have an era of movies where people are expecting to see better fight scenes, better choreography, stuff that looks like it could really work in real life.
2: So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, like, if you talk, like, for me, I had that reaction. I was, I got to go to a press screening for Warrior right okay i remember and, uh, that yeah the two brothers right yeah. and that that first scene in the mma gym was just awesome i was like that is like such good fight choreography like legit like looks like an mma like sparring fight you know with ego it was just like it was good and ironically it was it was uh, also jj perry uh, hmm. choreographed that you know Uh, same guy that did wick wick too but um it's just yeah obviously you have a more educated audience they know what they're looking at better than than old days you know than like uh a uh what do you call it like a john wayne punch or something like that you
0: know the big looping haymaker that you can tell doesn't connect or 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 luke skywalker's kick uh where he doesn't even come anywhere near the guy but you know you just like whatever but yeah, it's kind of like with war movies. You know, there's a whole generation that went to, to Iraq and Afghanistan and came back. They're not going to believe, you know, this corny shit that they got away with in the 80s uh, on, on films. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, And everybody's got yeah. their finger pointed correctly and it's not on the trigger as their are moving. Trigger discipline. That's that, that uh, kind of thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, trigger discipline is. Uh, yeah, that's, that's like a. S- a some, yeah.
0: Somebody was talking about, oh, damn it. Who was uh, Megan? Megan Fox was in some movie, right? And this was actually, uh, I was I was doing drill with the, you know the army, and um, they're like she hit, she was in an action film where she was some special forces badass apparently some somehow I don't know alternate universe, yeah. but yeah. um right. so uh, I've never seen it, but they were just making fun of her because every time she went around the corner she'd pop up her elbow and look side, and they're like she has one move and she does it the whole damn movie, but I just <laughs> it, it's it's hilarious how like real life has. Got it because you're right people have a higher standard of expectation for what looks real so
2: yeah they do and uh, that's great you know and, i i don't and i don't know if this is entirely this is somewhat a theory of mine but i think like the further you go back in in like film history just feel like so if you if you take a look at the difference between let's say stage combat and screen combat right like the audience expects expectations are very different stage in a in a play like if you go to see shakespeare or some play where there's a, a sore fight or a fight or whatever the audience isn't entirely really expecting it to look real yeah and they they understand that the that this fight is part of the the storytelling you know the delivery of the story to them and, and which is also true in film like the fight entirely should Respect the story, not the other way around. But it's like um, the audience in theater doesn't expect that punch to look real. You know, yeah. they only they only have to learn the fight to one angle. You know, they don't have to do it fifty times from the camera here and the camera there and whatever. And and plus they they like um, have to do it twice a day, six days a week, or whatever. You know, yeah. so you have to have it the safest safest as possible. And I, and I just feel like earlier earlier movies feel like that to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. I feel like the expectation was a little closer to like theater expectations for fights. Like I think the audience was okay with it looking like oh, that punch didn't really sell, but I get it. You know what I mean? Like, well, um, yeah.
1: I mean, if we if we look at like play you know, movies, like.
0: Oh, sure, sure. We missed the part where you said Bruce Lee, but I'm I'm inferring that from the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So, and yeah. Bruce Lee was so still that... a, a step up from the stuff that they had before because you know he started. I mean, arguably started the whole wave of martial arts films in the first place. So. Oh yeah. Well, he so, was a but, game changer. But, but, we talk, you know, we,
1: yeah. So that was a game changer, and then we've had additional game changers over the years. Uh, I would argue. Uh, 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 Jackie Chan has been a huge game changer um, for a couple of different yeah. reasons, right? right? So he's, yeah. well, the he's stunt a end of stunt, things, stuntman, but he's also got this comedic style to him. Well, and the other thing that
2: he did that, let's say, because coming on the heels of Bruce Lee, let's say, um, Jackie Chan, uh, very much like Wick and stuff, but it was like a hero that would allow himself to get beat up. You know, he wasn't the, the hero that was untouchable. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Like, Oh Chan. Oh. Yeah. Like, like, I know this is not what you're talking about, but if you go into some of like the outtakes and like the, uh, Oh yeah! Uh, how many times he just got completely destroyed? I'm surprised that guy doesn't
0: have serious issues like <laughs> lingering injuries, and you know he's just. A I'm baguette. sure he does. <laughs>
2: I'm sure he does, man. How he's does he broken,
0: even like, move? Every bone. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah. yeah, but don't so know, anyway, that, point, that was like, one yeah, of the he,
1: things. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Go ahead. Go ahead. Continue. No, no, no yeah, no. He was a, definitely a, a a step forward in like evolution for sure. You know. And the Matrix too. It, it ushered in that Hong Kong-y kind of <laughs> martial it, arts stuff.
1: So John yeah. John Woo was gonna be exactly my next point. So, <laughs> oh John Woo, yeah, like hard
2: boiled. When we were when we were thinking of actually when we were talking about like uh, gunfights and stuff, I was thinking of hard boiled and the killer and, and stuff yeah. like that. But I mean, there's there's so many evolutionary moments, you know. And Wick is only the most recent one, and you know i mean already and i haven't talked about it with anybody over there but i feel like after i feel like i'm very curious to see what's going to happen in four because the fights are starting to all look the same to me that could just be an insider's view or somebody who's looking at looking at it with the you know like i'm trying to dissect the fights and see what they're doing and stuff and um they've got this brilliant formula that they're able to take an actor and train them like crazy for six months and be able to put together an amazing fight. So it's always better if the actor can do it themselves, you know, but like one of my small pet peeves about wick three is that essentially um, Halle Berry's character and John Wick's character and John Wick fight exactly the same. And like, that's because they're trained the same, you know, yeah. But and, and this is like really nitpicky but I'm like okay she's an assassin born and raised and trained in Africa. He is an assassin born and raised and trained, you know, in He's, the former Soviet culture. Like they yeah. shouldn't be fighting the same. They should have different
0: styles, you know. That's a good criticism, but, um, yeah. I mean
2: they, I don't think the audience picks the
0: up on that. Moves. But, I mean, because you, yeah, obviously are an insider expert and stuff. But I don't think the audience, they're just like, ooh, whoa, Halle Berry kicking ass, woo. You know, but but that's
2: cool. Well, the thing is, like, the Halle Berry, the addition to the Halle Berry fights, which was insanely good, was the dogs, you know. And so her use of the dogs as a tool in her fights yeah. did make it different. But in terms of what she herself was doing, it was... Same stuff,
0: fair. You know, fair. Somebody so from I the, think the next. Yeah. Somebody from the comments, because uh, we have the, the stream, the chat that's going. Oh, cool. oh, Johnny Johnny Cash. Yeah, he. Oh, I I
1: should probably Night, be looking.
0: Yeah, them. Nighthawks podcast. He actually uh w- legit film critic. So he's like uh I'm gonna read directly the film uh film of the area era that gets slept on is um was it oh from Hong Kong is the uh, the 2000 era Crouching Tiger and all that you know the.
2: Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause that yeah, was, it, because that was another Hong Kong movie that was really big for American audiences. Right. That yeah. just,
0: and nobody had you know. seen anything like that before. I mean, that's fairly typical of, you know, a lot of that genre over there, but people flying around rooftops and stuff. I, I think there's an actual term for it that I've forgotten now, but, um, for that style, but yeah, it's just, that was more of a artistic, the fights, the, the Tai Chi sword and all that crap. That was a whole different. Yeah. yeah.
2: And, uh, he, he's he's spot on. That 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 opened up the eyes
0: of American audiences for sure. Uh, and now everything's just global, and it's all being homogenized. I um, I, I won't say I rented Mulan, but I watched Mulan. So um, I'll, I'll let people figure that what out uh, what that means. Uh, but <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, it just it felt like any other movie, and I, I know it's an American made movie, basically, but. Damn, I was expecting some of that kind of a little bit of the crouching tiger kind of influence because it's a little bit, you know, it's
1: not it's yeah, not an American it, story. It, yeah, right? exactly. It's not an American.
0: Yeah. Oh, did we lose him?
1: I, I think we lost uh, him.
2: Oh, we lost him.
1: Things, words. There we go. Words, yeah, Gotcha. Uh, words, he's, yeah, 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 he's the, so, he's the... yeah. So Mul- yeah, Mulan was yeah totally <laughs> stolen story because Disney. Yeah, I didn't see <laughs> no,
0: I and don't it, it's not worth the time I mean right I'm it, thinking I more think. of
1: like uh the eat man so that has uh, been a continually growing franchise right oh, that, that like, did a, come like, back like, didn't that was a thing
0: I, I skipped all those because I mean eh, it's Wing Chun mm. come on now.
1: so uh, like the first two were like actually pretty right um, but we're, we're effectively talking about the same thing where we have this uh, style that people don't know that makes it uh, scintillating and interesting to watch, regardless of his efficacy.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, that's the difference between uh, Wing Chun and Sambo is that uh, Sambo actually works in a fight. <laughs> and Wing Chun might look good on uh, in movie and yeah, we're we're going back to our roots here, He's just like.
2: <laughs> okay, so just just in in kind of a defense of the Wing Chun people, not a total defense, <laughs> um, but I've had Wing Chun guys, you know, join my gym and and start playing with us. And one thing I will say, because of their their inline center line um, striking style. They do adapt really well to grip fighting. Yes. I will say that. I know, and I, you
0: know what? I, I don't think I mentioned this very much, but I did Wing Chun for about a year. And I have found that when you're tr- trying to fend off people's hands and stuff, some of those principles actually work. You want to get, you know, to move people's arms out of the way or to trap their arms yeah. and all that crap. That, that that works. I mean, if I was in a phone booth, I'd probably use a little bit of Wing Chun.
2: Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Look. Like- Look, I, I believe I believe there's something useful in everything even the crappiest stuff you just have to figure out how to
1: use it you know
0: That's yeah. all. and you have to not suck in general as a as a human being so
1: right and then you get a big shirt with a, a big blue shirt with a red s on it
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well I'm, you're, you're a <laughs> badass. You're back badass. to
2: uh back to kind of like game changer not game changer things but like I, I didn't I'll be honest I didn't watch the Ip man stuff. Yeah, it's just not my thing.
0: Not me. Either. You know what I mean? But it's
2: like, but uh, like the gunfight stuff and everything. Like, there's a scene and there's a scene in um, Tom Cruise Collateral. You
0: know okay. I mean? Did yeah. you guys see that? I did yeah, see that. Yeah. Yeah, a, yeah, yeah, That's a good. Thing. It gets yeah. a lot of respect from the firearms community too.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say the briefcase scene is like pretty real good. It's like John Wick before John Wick, or just like really good. One fight.
0: yeah he mozambiques so. somebody in, in that right you know two to the chest one of the head somewhere in there it's oh, been a while yeah,
2: yeah. yeah it's really good i mean that movie like i think there are a lot of movies that go under the radar like that one like like you said like the firearms community is aware of it yeah but i think like the general viewing audience doesn't isn't necessarily consciously aware they just saw really good tactical work really good gun work yeah you know but for people paying attention it was that 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 shit was on point. That was really good. Yeah, it's like
0: the difference between a, a $100 steak at a top-tier restaurant and Outback Steakhouse. You know, some people will be able to tell the difference and some people don't really care enough. So, uh, yeah. Just... Well, so, this is what I was trying
1: to say with, like, uh, like Jackie Chan and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's obviously the, the, the storylines and whatever's going on in whoever wrote this complete tripe is ridiculous right but he has like a solid foundation uh in martial arts with which to be able to uh prosecute these scenes that he needs to get done on a regular basis right yeah yeah man
2: it's it's a weird thing like i've seen a lot of so it's like uh over the last couple years i've been able to start, you know, a little bit working with actors and, and training them and stuff. And and it's like, um, you know, and I'm not talking about big names, I'm just talking about actors that are trying to add to their toolbox, like unknown people, you know, but they, they know that to be an actor today, you have to know how to fight a little bit, you have to know how to handle a gun a little bit, like it's just a prerequisite now, you know, and um, because action is becoming the main thing, you know, at least for, for mass market stuff. You know, and it's like, um, so it's like, I, I, this is what I say to people I say it's better to have a foundation in real fighting skill and have to unlearn things to make it good for the screen than to have no foundation in fighting skill and start from scratch. That's my personal, you know, because there are, there are a lot of people who just go right to screen fighting and some of them do it really well. But I just feel like if you, if you if you go down the list of your favorite screen fighters, most of them, if not all of them, have some kind of legit training. You know what I mean? Like, it's just their body awareness is better. Their understanding of the technique is better. Even though, like, if I were to throw, you know, a hook for the screen, it's never the way I would throw a hook, you know, in oh, a real
0: no, fight. no. But I understand so, what you know,
2: it feels I, like to throw a hook, you know.
1: That's a that's a total softball for me because I wanted to um somehow bring uh judo gene into this conversation. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, we've got Sambo just...
0: Steve, so he's kind of <laughs> filling in the guy. I mean, no, yeah. Judo gene is, is They're like is the legend. same guy. Yeah. No, no, I mean Oh, no, no, not at all. So the evolution. You're the I, next I,
2: I, to be like that guy that's that's my he's my aspiration
0: yeah that dude is a and, and we're not going to reference the steven seagal story because we've done it like three times on this podcast already and uh, everybody I mean, knows it yeah everybody who needs to know it knows it and you know anybody doesn't want you know whatever you know we don't care about you so but yeah oh my god mm-hmm. that's great you No, know, i did there is there is a sort of a, a parody i mean and at least us, and we're biased towards you know we're, we we think highly of you, but yeah. So there's a, the the a, judo a gene
1: or a a par-
0: parody, parity? Parity. <laughs> <So, laughs> yeah, okay, p a r i t y. So okay, just
1: making sure, not parody, <laughs> parody. but no, no, there's there's a parody,
0: right? But between the, the 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 judo gene and the sambo Steve, so I mean, and like I said, we're biased, but yeah. So I I definitely hope that that ends up being a thing, and then you know, 50 years from now, you're still doing this shit, being old as dirt. And, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, I talked to that guy on my podcast. So
2: I hope so, man. Yeah. Yo, if, if for anybody who hasn't read it, you should definitely read Josh Gross's um, Ali versus Anoki book. So good. Yeah. And it's essentially like an unofficial Gene LaBelle biography.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, and history of MMA and catch wrestling and it's just such a great book, but Gene LaBelle is such a huge part of that book. Yeah. Well, and, he's... uh, and you know, it talks about his stunt career and, and his, it's just everything. It's such a great book. I, I, I read the book almost in one sitting. It was just so
0: good. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He was behind so much stuff and he, people that don't know just, they just, they don't know. And they should, because man, he's a legend.
2: He's doing stunts on the Jack Parr show. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know. It's like I mean, the he, guy's
1: He was doing stunts before there was color TV, I think. Like
2: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. He's an original, he's a founding member of Stunts Unlimited, right? Which is like one of the biggest oldest teams. Not the oldest, but one of the oldest. Like the International Stuntmen's Association was was before them. And just like martial arts right like each you know a bunch of those guys I believe left ISA and started Stunts Unlimited you know it's like factions it's no different than yeah. the rest of life but like anybody who's watched Hooper Burt Reynolds should under- Should know what's, who Stunts Unlimited is like that's everybody that's like Hal Needham the whole crew Stunts Unlimited and Gene LaBelle is one of the original original founding members of them you know yeah. the guy's a legend man Nah. He
1: is I like you can't you can't <laughs> you like you throw a, uh, you know, like a piece of paper the wall and you will find a movie that Gene LaBelle was in either as a stunt person or as a stunt coordinator or as a stunt consultant. It's amazing how it oh, is yeah. stuff that he's done.
2: Gonna, I should look him up right now on IMDb. How many credits he has is probably off the charts. Yeah. But, um, I mean, he's, yeah, he's cool. I remember, like, when I met him in, um first time in, like, 98, like, when he, I, I competed up at his tournament in uh, Toronto, the Gene LaBelle World Grapplers Challenge. And I won my first match, and he came over and congratulated me, and I was
0: like, oh, my God. Yeah. Gene
2: LaBelle, man. I was like, I don't get fanboyish
0: often, but. That was yeah. just too cool. Yeah, I think anybody would. We got a comment from uh the, the chat. Uh let's see. That's directly to you. It's like, John Wick movies need more Vladislav Sergeyevich Kulikov. Man, I fucking suck at Russian names. It's Vlad,
2: Vlad Kulikov, yeah. yeah. Except he got killed in the first one, so that's yeah. it. Oh well. It's, it's called not, being burned. It's not that kind industry. of movie. although if you're uh you know, so if you're in with them then they'll bring you back but you can't look like somebody that just died especially in tv yeah so
1: i'm just doing the math here if that guy got killed in the first one we're not likely to see him again
0: <laughs> it's not that kind of franchise
2: yeah <laughs> no. no, he's 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 dead wait till john Wick.
0: 17 when they start you know getting weird with zombies and shit i don't know that'd be cool I, i'm down i so
1: oh, no, has... no 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 keep keep all the superheroes away
0: no honestly i
1: can, <laughs> can we just have like an honest like you know super cool like martial arts spy dude and not like make him uh no no know, he he's just a dude blood that's derived it's the from, world like, that
0: goes fucking crazy I'm,
1: fucking aliens like i'm into that like
0: man I'm into the absurdity, so I'm I'm down if they just want to keep making these like Fast and Furious movies. If they're there's just gonna run, it's gonna be John Wick, you know, with a Walker in in 2050, you know, and just John Wick with and I'm, a hover around motor scooter kind of you know thing beating up people in the Walmart. I, I'm I'm okay with that because yeah, I, I'll watch them all
1: because you oh, it'll, are will be Groot. happy. Yeah, you know I don't know
2: if you know <laughs> Groot, you, you don't know. You, <laughs> I'm not sure if you're aware, but, um, so I feel they're going to film John Wick four and five simultaneously and just release them as two separate movies. Yeah. But,
1: um, yeah, yeah, they yeah, did. So I saw that, I saw that actually. And so I told that to Frost and said, Hey, this is actually pretty interesting. Like they're going like back to back on this. Yeah. And they're, they're slamming down. So. And they've got
2: a, they've got, they've got an agreement on tap with stars to do, um, the continental TV series
1: oh,
0: shit. All
2: based on the underground assassin world.
0: That's a great the, premise. The
2: continental world.
0: Yeah. I mean, the setting is a little bit, uh, a little bit wild, but I mean, I, I, I get, it. I'm, I'm, I will suspend the shit out of disbelief because I, th- I think it's cool. And there's not too much out there. Like it. it's, it's almost comic booky, but not. So I, yeah, I'm okay yeah. with it and
2: i'm 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 more excited about a continental tv series honestly than some than more movies i i just feel like i feel like maybe i don't know this by any means but it would be really cool if the if these last two movies just set up the series you know
0: yeah because i mean tie in
2: yeah because it's so rich like like you said there's so it's so rich if you if you go into the um that universe that underground assassin universe like you could just there's endless stories there yeah and there's
0: so much room for like the second third fourth fifth whatever ranked assassins in the world to you know to show their stuff maybe they can even have a formal ranking system or whatever and then you know obviously you know at the top of it is you know the the guy but i mean yeah because i want to know who those guys are i want to know i want to see them scramble to see who's the second best because that'd be rad.
2: (laughs) yeah totally by the way, I just looked up. LaBelle has two hundred and forty nine stunt credits and one hundred and forty nine actor credits on yeah.
0: IMDb. And Fifteen thousand nice. injuries. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. uh, That's just the ones that are on IMDb. He's probably got another hundred easy that are not on here.
0: You know. Yeah. Damn. He was on Reno Nine One One, right? He he was in there doing shit too. That guy's everywhere. I, yeah. I, I swear he had an episode there. But, uh, well, hey, man. It's, this and his been...
1: hair is still red. Yeah, uh, but anyway, kind of, it sounds like you're you're trying to finalize this.
0: Yeah, we're wrapping it up. I don't want to take much more of your time, and hopefully, you're you're not still downtown right now, because
2: no, I'm at home, man. Oh, I'm at home. Okay, I got okay. I got um yeah, I'm chilling, and then uh, you know, oh, I shit. got to teach tomorrow, and then Friday and Saturday, I actually am booked for more uh, stunt work. So, you know.
0: Yeah, Matt Foster just pointed my, out that uh, Gene LaBelle was on the Adam West Batman show. So, Oh, my God. I yeah. know. The,
2: the other guy that you want to look at, Charlie Charlie Percini, I've never met him, but he's also way back and still working. He was the stunt coordinator for Die Hard, right? Oh, but okay. he started out as, um, you know, also a stunt performer. He was on the original Star Trek and Batman and, and all that stuff. Yeah,
0: there's just so much history there. Wow, I, yeah, I wish more people knew about it. So, what they need is a, a TV series about the stunt community, and not like a corny ass yes. reality show with drama, yeah. but like a
1: exactly that's exactly in depth one. We need
0: to know that's like they, know.
1: they exist,
2: but just not on a high level production. There's, a, I think it's called Stunt Tales. You can look it up on YouTube. It's free. Yeah, they sit down and interview the um, you know the vets. It's really great information. I get addicted. I love that stuff. That's how I know all this old history stuff because I just I'm into it. You know? Yeah. Like, I think it's just. I think it's incumbent upon newer people in the community to learn that stuff. You know, like who, you know, like uh, I, who was telling me? Or I heard an interview. I don't know if it was told to me a person or an interview, and I don't even remember the stunt coordinator that told me, but he. Um, Said that when a young stunt performer comes to hustle him, because that's how we get work. I mean, not anymore in the days of COVID, but usually, yeah. you know, we don't have agents, so you go to sets and you introduce yourself to the coordinators or whatever, and then um, he'll ask them, he'll "Ask them who is Hooper?" You know? Yeah. And then they'll they'll think Hooper's a real person. They don't, you know. And that's how he that's how we can tell. You know, it's like you know who hal needham is and that he directed hooper and that burt reynolds was in there and that like everybody in that movie is from stunts unlimited you know
1: yeah it's it's an actual guild
2: all those yeah 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 no you have to know that stuff you know Hmm. i think even if even i just think it's important to know it you know so all the all the interviews and uh like books there's so there's a couple of good books like uh Know, Hal Needham's autobiography is great. And then if you read um um uh the Armstrong family, like Andy Armstrong, who is like a legend, stunt coordinator and also performer, obviously, when he was younger, and then Vic Armstrong, his his brother, who was like um Harrison Ford's double in the indie movies, and uh you know, and now their son is uh james armstrong who's a big time bjj guy who is the coordinator for fear of the walking dead it's like yeah. so there's these generations of families in the business you know it's like uh i think it's it's important to know that stuff even if you never work with them or meet them or anything i mean it's 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 the shoulders upon which we stand
0: you yeah. know yeah you gotta gotta prove that you belong there and and i'm all for that we don't we've lost a lot of that yeah. So we've lost a lot of that spirit in America. I mean, cause everybody's got a job and they got the little spot in it, but nobody has a trade, you know, people have jobs, they have careers. They just don't have a trade. You know, they're not like experts at that in a way that they love it. You know, it's, it's a thing. They're not artisans right. of their craft.
2: Yeah. And, and just like martial arts, you know, you, I am such a new person in this industry like my skill what? set is no, very, very do do what you're in the film
1: industry what? yeah i am man i'm a rookie i'm a rookie oh dude. yeah like in film okay uh yeah no that's what i mean i'm talking about
2: i'm talking about the stunt business you Yeah, know? there's so much i don't know there's like 10 times more of what i don't know how to do than what i do know how to do but that's what's so exciting about it is like every time i get a job you know um, I learned something new like uh, my, like my first wire game, the first time I've trained a lot on wire right like with poles and stuff like that but I had never done one on on film until last year which actually premieres next week um, Save yourselves the sci-fi movie save Yourself. no it yeah. premieres on uh, October 2nd in theaters if you're in a place where they, you can do that and then uh, video on demand on uh, October 6th.
0: Oh crap! So you can
2: see me get killed. You see me get killed by an alien in that, but it's a really cool wire wire pull.
0: You'll have to let us know the timestamp on that so that we can just fast forward through the movie and you know.
2: No, no, you got to see the whole movie. No, 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 no. no, no. I know, but I mean,
0: I'll want to stop it and be like, "Hey, I know that guy," and then because you know, it makes me. (laughs) I don't don't even know. I haven't seen it yet,
1: so. Like YouTube is over there, and we're like, "Hey." (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. At this exact time, you can see
0: amazing shit. Yeah. And pause it at, you know, 31, 34. All right, man. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I know you're, you're well, you're not out, out and about in the crazy-ass New York City right now, which is good, but, you know, I, Ed, you're an hour Dude, ahead of which us. which is
1: lazy. Which is
0: what? No, he's at home. Nobody wants to be out and around. He's not Batman. I mean, he's not. Okay, well, actually, he's not Daredevil. He's not wandering around Hell's Kitchen at night trying to deal with the problems the cops can't Is take that care of. It's the neighborhood, yeah. I, I've been there. There's Are you kidding me?
1: Despite, I, like, the five guy. Batman fucking I mean, it, videos that we've had
0: in the last 30 minutes. Add, right? hit, add a couple billion dollars yeah. and maybe, you know, he could pull off the Batman thing. But um, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was disappointed. Uh, he's he's got
1: my vote. He's got I, my vote. When I went to
0: Hell's Kitchen, I was disappointed because it was nowhere
1: like that. It was,
0: in fact, we we <laughs> met up, didn't we? We met up at Hell's Kitchen. You, you me, and uh, Kagan, uh, and yeah, I was like hanging out at this little restaurant that sold many individual pies, and it was like it was cool. And I was like, man, this is uh, TV oversold me on on this place. This is just okay. wait,
2: was that the, that was the place right across the street from my gym?
0: Uh, was it? I don't remember cuz there was like something involving a uh like a, there was a cruiser, a ship or something that day. I don't remember what the whole story was, but or maybe oh, it was just wait, Kagan no. that
2: I met up. Oh no, that was wasn't that for Kagan's birthday? Was that with the where we did the circle line tour thing?
0: Uh that might have been. I mean, I was just I was just on the back end of all that cuz I had to get all the way down from West Point at the time. So,
2: I think that was it. I think that was Kagan's birthday and that's why oh. we were over by the water because like he Did um the circle line tour around
0: Manhattan. Oh, that might have been it. If we went to his house, I remember. Yeah, it might have been a birthday thing. Yeah. So
1: So Tom is kind of an idiot.
0: Tom? Uh, Tom, I miss Tom. (laughs) Tom's amazing. Come on. Tom's awesome.
1: Tom is awesome.
2: Tom trains like an animal. You know, and he's been through some hell.
0: That guy's tough as hell. Yeah, I mean
2: he's 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 I I feel bad. Right now he's in a high risk category with his health stuff so there's yeah be,
1: but he
0: know. he's out uh he's out on statin so you know i mean they're they're practically immune to everything anyway that's a whole different world <laughs> Dude, i'm still salty about the Don't 20 either. the 20 fucking dollar uh toll to get across that bridge and this was 20 yeah. 2014 i'm still mad about it what the so hell apparently is that,
1: you have never been to jersey
0: not on purpose, but yes, I have. I mean, I'm just saying. But though, the toll, fuck. All right, we're just rambling here. This yeah. we'll leave this out of the podcast, the actual one that goes on <laughs> iTunes oh, and no. stuff. I mean, well,
2: let, let let the people hear our boring rants. Yeah,
0: it's great. Well, the the ones that are still that haven't left the the stream. Uh, or we'll, we'll get this, but yeah. So, man, it it's great to talk to you. And uh, anytime you want to, you know, do this or. Or whatever you know, or if you got something to plug, yeah, just sure, let man. us know. We'll uh, we'll plug the shit out of it. You know, we owe you that much because you know you're part of this this whole thing.
2: Yeah, man. Hey, so hey, that's it. The movie that comes out October sixth. All Video right. On demand. What's Four it called again? You save yourselves. Save yourselves. Did All you right. guys have you have you? It, it's really good. It stars um um oh my god, Sunita Mani, who is from Glow, from the show Glow. Okay. on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and uh, and uh, it's by the the people that did Search Party. I don't know if if anybody's watched Search Party on uh, HBO Max, but it's a lot of the same people involved in that show. And it's it's really really funny. The premise is basically this hipster couple that leaves Brooklyn, to disconnect from the grid, and kind of get to know themselves. You know, turn off the phones, get off the computer. They go up to a cabin up in the Catskills. And during that week is when aliens invade <laughs> nice. and all the mayhem starts. So, um, it's really, it's really good. i regret it. We
0: will. We'll tell everybody to check it out too. So, all right, man. Thanks, Steve. T-
1: totally sounds fun. Uh, <laughs> especially since now. <laughs> yeah, well, there is no witness. <laughs> uh.
0: I'm gonna tell Kagan. He's gonna come. For you.
1: Dude, yeah, bring
0: it! Huh. On, Super fight! <laughs> Old school grudge <laughs> match. but All right, take it let's care, now Yeah, throw <laughs> down. Ah, remember those things? It. All right, man, all right.
2: Yeah, those things some good times.
0: I am that's definitely. Incredible. Yeah, I know. That's that's a whole other episode. I am clicking the stop button now because otherwise we're gonna. Get going. <laughs> all right, later, man. That's been great.
2: Oh, good talking to you guys. I'll talk to you later. All right.